Hey guys, really quick before we get into the conversation I had with Zed Alley, which was a great conversation, I wanted to remind everyone that you can have your hoops tape shown on this show on YouTube uh, before a podcast, during a podcast, or after a home court episode. I want to attach Canadian talent to every thing I put on YouTube to hopefully get a few more people to see your stuff, maybe people that wouldn't have otherwise seen it. The goal is to always get as many Canadians as far as possible in basketball. So send me your hoops tape at Iscandi, at Iscandi Sports at gmail.com. This is completely free. I'm not charging anybody for anything. We really just want to get as many people out there as possible. Also, if you guys could subscribe, if you haven't already, that helps me a lot. And if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, leave a good review. And without further ado, Zed Alley. This one was really fun. Enjoy. What's going on, everyone? You're listening to, I think, episode 14. I could be wrong about that. On the Scanny Sports Podcast. We're here with our guest here, um, Zed Alley. <laughs> Zed, how you doing, bro? Where you at? I'm good, bro. I'm good. I'm just at the crib, man. Appreciate you for having me on here, brother. No, I'm I'm excited to talk to you, man. You have a, a pretty cool story from what I read into, and we're going to dive into a bunch of this stuff. But uh, first, we're in Calgary, or are we in Toronto right now? Um, uh, I've actually been out here in uh, in Toronto for about like six years now. But before that, I grew up back home in Calgary, like 10, 11 years over there. So that'd make a lot of sense because uh, you went to George Harris Prep. Yeah, I did go to George Harris Prep, um, but that was like just one of the schools out of like kind of like the lineup of kind of my journey of where I went. How, yeah. How I around, but but George Harris was my senior year for sure. Okay, because I know they got Edge out there as well, and they're uh, yeah, they're yeah. grind session team and all that stuff. So I was wondering, like, yeah. George Harris instead of Edge. Which... But uh, I actually, crazy part is I actually didn't even play basketball until like ninth grade, bro. I was a soccer player, so I, okay. I actually played high level. I played high level soccer before that, but you know when I came out here, it was like the culture that obviously Ontario has for basketball, you know, the outlook and everything. And I was, it's not like I just picked up a ball for the first time, obviously, but mm -hmm. you know, I kind of started to, you know, get into it, look, kind of start to put my focus towards one side rather than the other. What was your position in soccer? I was, I was center forward, bro. I was a six foot center forward. I would have to come all the way back for defensive corners, you know, front post. Yo. I'm kind of happy I don't got to do all that no more. You rocking nine or 10 from that spot? I was, I was actually always been 13. I was will be 13. 13. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wave, dude, wave. Yeah, yes, dude, no, I, I think everyone played a little bit of soccer, but I'm, I'm guessing you played like rep or something. You got the hair. I did. I, I actually played provincial level. Like I got to a really okay. high level out there. Like I played, uh, the way it works over there is, is like, it's like tier one, tier two, tier three. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was playing tier one for two years. I had a look actually to go out and play for MLS, uh, uh, their youth academy for Whitecaps. But uh, right oh. before, yeah, but my family moved out here and it was like a big family kind of moment. And it was like, all right, mm -hmm. you know, soccer isn't the most important thing right now. So let me kind of just figure out what, what I'm doing. And honestly, basketball found me throughout all that. So we'll get to basketball in a second because I don't get to talk about soccer a whole lot on this pod. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, we're Egyptian. We rock with Salah, and I, I played growing up as well. So let, let's but, let's pick on that for a bit. What when? So was soccer the original motive? Like you thought? Oh yeah. You got oh, the yeah. MLS. You got the MLS uh, deal MLS going on, and you, yeah, yeah. You bro, thought that's I, where you're gonna take you? Like, the way it worked, it was like. Everybody that's out west, like Alberta, overall the way to BC, it's mm -hmm. kind of like it's just soccer, bro. The culture out there for soccer is insane. You know, one of my guys, my my goalkeeper for two years, Chituo Dunze, is right now playing for Leicester FC out in uh, the Premier League. You know, okay. he's uh, so he's actually doing big moves, and he actually went through the same program that I was supposed to go to, Whitecaps. But you know, who knows what would have happened if I went down that path? But you know, <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah, a, it's, it's a fun on. path. It's a yeah, fun yeah. path. I actually wanted to talk about that with you as well, not just like like the European model, because like. You, how old are you? I'm 19. You're young. 
You're young, yeah. So your your buddy probably went out to Europe young as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. He did for sure. It, it's so interesting because like they're like, okay, you're a soccer player, like you fuck with soccer. Let's let's just ship you off. Like let's just go. Um, yeah, none bro. of this, none of this JUCO <laughs> stuff. You have to get your oh, grade yeah. ups. No, yeah, you're, yeah, you're yeah. a soccer player. You're going. What do you it's miss about a, it? It's a more of a straight route, though. Like, you know, mm-hmm. from over there, it's, it's it's a lot more controlled. I thought, like, because with him, a lot of guys that I know, uh, shout out to my guy Owen and Chitu, both are actually doing big things, both in MLS and over in the Premier League. But it's more of like a controlled system, like prep school, but it's like like the youth academy for Whitecaps FC. Same thing we got out here yeah. for Toronto FC. Same thing we got for a lot of youth programs with all these MLS teams. But it's a lot more controlled for sure. What do you miss about it? Oh, what I miss about it, man. I'm not gonna lie, like the passion I still got for the game is like insane, bro. Like I love soccer, you know, you got you, we got the Euros coming up just now. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm super excited. Like, I don't know what it is. I love basketball, don't get me wrong. Like it's my love, yeah. it's my passion. I love doing it. But when it comes to soccer, that connection I just have with like the community of, yeah. of soccer fans, you know, the passion everyone has for the game just brings everyone together. So, you know, I'm, I, saw it, I saw it a lot in 2016 with Toronto playing Bucks. I saw mm-hmm. how the city came together. So that was something that, like, you know, kind of reminded me of that time. But was that the community of soccer? Like, that's what I missed the most for sure. Dude, there is pickup basketball is fun and all, but I thought pickup soccer was always the most fun I'd have when you just like because there's no oh, way yeah. you know everybody there unless you're like, oh, yeah. you know, you've been playing your whole life, whole life, and you can get 20 guys to go and play. Yeah. No, nah, because then and like it's so collaborative that you have to actually immediately mess with the guys that you're playing with. You, you can't go to L. You don't get that at LA Fitness, man. Yeah, no, I'm telling you, bro, for sure, for sure. I remember, bro, uh, up until like grade like six, like grade six, I was like overweight, you know, like I I didn't eat, I did, didn't play a lot of sports, and I still had the love a love for sports, and I and soccer was like my first initial kind of a gateway entry into the into athletics, and mm-hmm. honestly, like that's where I met a lot of my friends that I got till this day, you know what I mean? They're a lot older than me. They kind of showed me the ways the, the ways of the game and. And honestly, like it just brought everyone together, bro. That's the best part about playing at such a young age, right? All right, for sure. Besides Lester, who are you rocking with? Uh, bro, I'm honestly, I'm a big, I'm a big. Uh, damn, that's actually a crazy question. You put me on the spot there, but <laughs> go for it, go for it. You're on the spot. If, I, if I'm if I'm in the prem, if I'm in the prem, I'm probably mm. I'm probably gonna stay with uh, Liverpool. I'm, I've been with Liverpool. Yeah, so okay. Allah, you know, doing like oh, that. Sure, bro. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bro, we watch a lot. We don't watch Liverpool. We watch a lot. But then you, you grow to love it. You grow, you, you grow to love the club too. Klopp's yeah, kind of yeah, animated. It's fun. Uh-huh, uh-huh. What about outside of the premiere? Outside of the premiere, bro, like I was a big... I'm not going to lie. Like for me, I know a lot of people are probably going to watch this and be like, oh, this guy's a bandwagon. But I've been, I've been rocking with Ronaldo since I was a kid, man. You know what I mean? That whole Ronaldo. Shame, beef and, and it's like, I'm not like jumping from team to team, but wherever Ronaldo's at, like that's where my heart's at. So I'm probably rocking with Juve right now, even though they weren't able to, to win Serie A or anything. But it is what it is i lost a little steam for uh juventus when you can't play them on fifa anymore they still got the players and stuff but they don't call oh yeah oh yeah man, i don't even play fifa like that no more but i was a big head back uh, in the day so all right all right basket back to basketball back to basketball where, where did you pick it up when did you come to love it um i actually i actually when i moved out here in like ninth grade um mm-hmm. i came out here to brampton and uh i was going to brampton centennial secondary school and when, and like obviously when you get out here you don't know nobody coming into high school you know it's like a very unprecedented time like trying to figure out what you want to do trying to figure out who you're trying to hang out with you know i didn't have any friends coming into it so honestly my comfort zone was to actually just playing basketball the ymca is not too far from my house so i every day after school i'd go there and this is not and this is ninth grade 
So when I came, I actually wasn't able to play on the basketball team my freshman year because of the transfer rules or whatever, whatever. But mm-hmm. you know, that first year I came in and they actually let me come out to a tournament, which was the last tournament. And I, they gave me like a minute of play time and I scored seven points. You know, okay. and, and I was like, you know, like this is what I do. So, so <laughs> okay. next, year, next year comes around tenth grade. Um, I actually they make, I was actually the captain of the of, of our team, and we were playing tier one. And, and you know, we won Robs that year. You know, shout out to my guy Kamonte Marksman, Jackson Kelly. You know, that was a pretty serious team back then, and uh, we went thirty one and thirty one and one or something like that. Mm-hmm. And we won that season. That was kind of like my breakout season. And you know, I was, and uh, I was I did pretty well that season. I was averaging about like 18, 19 points a game. And uh, the following year. I had a choice because uh, I had a couple of my teammates at the time at Brampton Centennial kind of getting into the prep scene. So I didn't know, you know, like, do I do I do I do this? Do I not do this? Because, you know, me being of Pakistani descent, that's not something that's like that's normal. You don't just hop out of your comfort zone and, you know, leave leave your home, go out, go down south, go do all this. It was kind of super unprecedented. So it was like a leap of faith for me. But um, I actually ended up having a great following year at Brampton Centennial. Um, uh, with our senior squad uh, i got a bunch of looks for prep schools um you know and honestly kind of just like that's where that's where it kind of sort of took off for me so there's two things i want to get into i don't know which one i want to get into first so i'll let you pick so mm-hmm. the grade nine you pick up the ball you drop seven points in a minute yeah i'm assuming there was some work that went in before that oh yeah oh yeah i, I, I think that's overall that but but hold on, we'll get to that. Or do you want to answer the question first about, uh, you talked about your Pakistani descent. I'm from Egyptian descent. I know, you know, soccer is, that's, that's not a big leap for the family, but basketball, they, they don't see it like that. They don't see it as like a big sport like that. So which one do you want to pick first? We're gonna get to both. Um, honestly, if we go like in like chronological order, I feel like I should answer the first question first. Let's go. We'll get into the after half, but nah, man. Like I said, when I moved out here, it was I didn't know a lot of people. So for me, like my bread and butter, my everyday was just all right. You know, let's grab your ball, let's go to the Y. You know, let's kind of get let's kind of get to know people. When I got out there, there was you know Brampton YMCA is probably one of the most greatest hoop locations in Brampton. A lot of some some of the greatest basketball players came through there. You know, a lot of D1 hoopers right now. You know, David Moenkat and a lot of guys are, are, are came came through there. You know, so it's 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 a big gym. And uh, when I got there, I'm getting to know people, you know, and I was like, oh, who's this? Who's this brown kid? You know, doesn't really know how to play ball. And that just had like a drive in me. You know, I was like, damn, like, I want to be able to to be playing on that side with the, with the big kids. I want to be able to play on that side with the with the guys that, you know, got something going for them. And honestly, that was my drive. So I would come in every day and just train, 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 train. And that grade nine to grade 10 year was a huge like jump for me. It was like, all right, you know, it went from like, you got raw talent to like, okay, now you match it with like work. So, you know, that was that was kind of what went into that. That's interesting because like you're talking about how you're almost too big for your role in soccer at six foot, but yeah. then you're almost too small for your role in basketball. Yeah, I grew though, I grew though, I grew though. I'm actually up to like six three now. So okay, big. Know, I got I got a couple inches on me, but you know, <laughs> before before I was definitely too small. Yeah, but I mean that, that probably I watched your tape, you're a good shooter. That probably came from the Y. That's probably came oh, from, I can't go to the trees right away. Oh yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Like I, my, I've always been a good shooter. Like that was something that was like, all right, you know, this is where you start off and you build off from there. You know, you always got something that you do, but I was always, everyone told me, oh, take your role and kind of just play with it and kind of build off from it. So me being a shooter, I was like, okay, you know, I got catch and shoot. Now I got to be able to ca- shoot off the dribble. Now I got to be able to shoot off like DHOs, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, it kind of just built off from there, so. Yeah, and, and shooting is a highly technical thing to train right like there's a lot of work that goes into a, a good looking jump shot your shot looks good so did you get that from from training or did you watch people first before you started hooping like 
I'm assuming because the, the, this turnaround period, like you're saying, if you if you really started messing with it in like grade nine, yeah. and you're only 19 now, like that's a quick time to develop a shot like that. So yeah. how do you think you got to that point? Um, honestly, I want to give a huge shout out right here and now. I know he's probably gonna be watching mm -hmm. this, but one of my boys from back in the day's name is Magsud from Calgary. And okay. he was kind of like a big bro to me. And he had the wettest jump shot like I had ever <laughs> seen in my life, right? So I used to, I, I, and I played soccer at the time. So yeah. we would go play soccer and he'd go play ball with his boys. So I'd be like, you know, you know what? Let me just not go play soccer today. Let me go play ball with him today. So I kind of just shadowed him. And honestly, he gave me that like, that foundation for what a great jump shot is, even though it maybe wouldn't go in, but I did know that, that my, my shot looked clean. And honestly, I just yeah. built it off from there. And that was like grade eight, nine, I wanna say, right? right? So when I actually started playing basketball, I had the basis and the foundation to be able to have like a fluid jump shot to actually work with. For sure, for sure. And what do you, do you think you, you transferred anything over from soccer to basketball? Is there like a mindset or like a tendency that you had for both sports that you think helped out? Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure, bro. For sure. Like when I started playing soccer, I was never the best. You know what I mean? It wasn't mm -hmm. like, oh, I was always at the top of the top of the league or I was always the best score. Like I got there, but it was always an uphill climb. You know what I mean? Like being being brown, being Pakistani. I hate I know a lot of people say like, oh, you know, that's just an excuse. But no, I always did feel like I had a chip on my shoulders. And I always did feel like I had to work harder than some people to, to get to where I had to get. And that same mentality kind of just translated over into basketball. Like it wasn't always like, okay, you know, I, my first couple of seasons, I didn't even, I didn't even play. You know what I mean? Right. It was like just sitting on the, and for a lot of kids my, that age, that just demotivates them to be like, all right, you know what, screw this. Let me try to do something else. But for me, it was like, you know what? It's, it's before the sunny days come, you got to go through the hard work. And that's something my father always preached to me too. So definitely that mindset translated over for sure. And for, for the Pakistani part, like I know coming from an immigrant household, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's probably some standards that weren't sports related. How oh, yeah. do you, how'd you get the fam on board? Are they on board? And um, what's that kind of journey been like? Uh, uh, early on, like my father was always like, like my dad was always like on board with everything, man. Like mm -hmm. I gotta give a big shout out to my dad as well. Like him, when I used to play soccer, you're having like 9 a.m. games in the, in the, in like the other side of the city, waking up at like eight, you know, waking me up too, you know, getting me in the car, driving 40 minutes out and sitting in the rain to watch me play. The only parent that's out there doing that, you know? So I did have a, definitely had a great like support system, but when it came time to like grade 11 and I had like four or five schools to pick from, to be like, okay, you know, where am I going to prep school? And they're all in, down South. That's when my family kind of came together and like, okay, like, you know, like, are we, are we gonna do this? Or, or actually I'm not gonna lie. It was kind of me in my own head more so than them. I was like, okay, I'm doing this. Like my cousin, my friend, like my friends, my family friends, none of them are doing this. I'm really stepping out of the box here. And it was like a huge leap. And, and you know, I'm honestly grateful that I did do that because, you know, I'm obviously where I am now. So, so it's a... Yeah, it sounds like you got a great support system at home. I, that, that's rare. You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. immigrant parents, they're, they're, they're supportive, but like mm -hmm. there, there are a standard, at least in my experience. And then like, I mean, I think it's fair to say that a lot of, people that come over to Canada or come over to the West, they, 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 yeah, they're, they're really invested in, look, we came here so that you can take advantage of the education system or et cetera, get a good career and be comfortable. So yeah, that is a huge sort of- I got a funny uh, story for you actually. Yeah, what's up? I got a funny story for you, but um, uh, the way my dad actually held me to those standards was like, it was always, you gotta get, like, I know this was always like, I always had high expectations in terms of like education. I had to bring home a certain grade and it wasn't like for regular kids it'd be like oh you know you can't i'm gonna take your phone away i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that my dad wouldn't even say a single word to me if i had a bad grade 
my kicks are gone. Like my okay. ball is gone. You know what I mean? Like I can't move <laughs> no more. So that happened to me in like grade 10 and I'm like, damn, like he's serious about this. And you know what I mean? Like, I can't, I can't hoop. I can't do nothing. So that was like my, that was my big thing. I was so in love with the game where I was like, you know what, to be able to play. And I'm so grateful that my dad set it up like that because that gave me like, you know, an extra conscience to be like, all right, you know, I got to keep both things hand in hand. But that was kind of like his punishment in, in a way to take away my ball from me. So hey, it worked out for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah my my mom had the same approach maybe the opposite she's like you can only shut me up if i have, if you have ace yeah like i'm gonna be, I'm gonna be on you unless mm -hmm. you show me great which is mm -hmm. like I, looking back on it, it was so annoying but it was so it's so worth it oh yeah no for sure in the moment like no kid's gonna be like oh i'm so grateful <laughs> my parents are on my ass 24 7. you know what i mean like it's not, sure. it's not it's not something but when you grow up it's like you know what i mean like i'm grateful that i did have that those boundaries on me you know so for sure yeah. for sure but well do, do you, can you pinpoint a moment where it was like okay like you're going you're going to george harris and that's a team in the grind they spend a lot of time in the states it's it's becoming yeah. less of after school before school practice and more of like you know maybe basketball a little bit ahead of <laughs> academic yeah. point do you can you pinpoint a time where you're like okay like you you talked about how you had to make the commitment yourself but like when did it manifest if that makes sense like when did it become like a real sort of like we're going in. <laughs> going in. Um, I actually, I don't know. I don't know if you, I don't know. I don't think you mentioned it yet. But before I went to George Harris, I actually, my first prep school was actually down south in Jacksonville, Florida, at oh, Potter's, really? House, Potter's House Christian Academy. So that was, uh, like I said, after that, that 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 grade eleven year I had here. Um, yeah. I went down south there, and and that they were recruiting like a crazy team. Like our team was insane. We had was a Panzo on the squad. We had Tomasi Gildas Alexander. We had Dontavious King, we had Marseille Castens, and you know, like a big, big, big squad for sure. And you know, we, we had big expectations as well. So for me, getting that call after like the the kind of the tryout that I had, not really a tryout, it was like a hoop sesh and a recruiter was there. And after I got that call, you know, him being like, oh, you know, we, we sent this many kids to these D1 schools. You know, we our last last year we had uh, Yudoka Azubike, who's like, got Kansas, about to go league. You know, I'm getting that call. And that's where I was like, you know, like, all right, you know, this I could definitely do something with this. It's an opportunity. Like, I'm about to go to school for free, right? Like, I'm going down south for free. Like, they're going to take care of me. And like, that's where I was like, okay, you know, like, this is where the, this is where it really starts. Yeah, no, I remember Azubike. I, I remember thinking he was going to be a really good NBA prospect. Yeah, too, yeah, but. yeah. He went, to, he went to Potter's house. So he was like, Every, anything we did, like we were always like, oh, you know, Yudoka did this, Yudoka did that, you know, always <laughs> just being compared to Dokes. But big shout out to Yudoka as well, man. He's a, he's a great guy. So grade 11, you're, uh, you got to pack up the bags. You're going to down south. Yeah. Like, is that nerve wracking? Is that like, like you're, you already moved, your family already moved from Calgary to Toronto. And now you're moving to, from Toronto down south. Yeah. So how about that process? Um, like I, I would be lying if I said it was easy. Like it yeah. was, it was definitely not not like something that was easy. Cause I built I, like for me, it's always okay. Build all these relationships and then just dip. You know what I mean? Oh, then you just gotta go. For ten years, I, I spent all that time in Calgary. You know, had had family around me, had made so many friends. Got to come out here, restart from the beginning. You know, build all these relationships out here. Do what you gotta do, but then you gotta leave and then you gotta go down south. But, you know, I feel like the only reason I was able to do it was because of my dad, because my dad had a similar, you know, journey in terms of leaving home, you know, figuring himself out. And he kind of gave me his example all the time. So I was like, you know, that's just if you want something that like that bad, like this is this is, this is a message for me to any 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 younger any, any kids that are watching this as well. You know, 
Like, if you want something bad like that, honestly, like you gotta step out your comfort zone. You know, no, no, no. Great men were never made in their comfort zone. You know, that was something my dad always told me too. So, you know, going down there, I, I it wasn't easy for me. Jacksonville is really a really racist part of of of, of these the states. Like, the stuff that I had to deal with. I was like a minority in a minority. You know, so it was like definitely a hard time. I would call my dad certain times and be like, pops, like. Like this isn't this isn't what I thought it would be, you know. My own, like I don't even want to say certain things on here, but you know, like there were there was a lot of a lot of instances where you know, like it, it wasn't easy, but like I had to push through, and that's where I was like, you know, like I realized that this is my purpose, and I gotta take it, and I gotta run with it. So, yeah, yeah, you you can talk. What's something that you had to deal with there that you're uh, that you're uh, comfortable talking about? We're comfortable hearing anything. So yeah, um, honestly, like I I I I, t- I tell this to like anyone who asks me to, but there's one time we're at Paxson High School, which is a it's a local high school in Jacksonville, and their rival with Potter's House, since we're like a prep school, they're like a regular high school, but they're they got like a, a big school, right? So the rivalry is insane. So when we go over there and we play, the gym's packed out. Like I'm saying, like packed out you know stands are full they got they got seats and the, they got cameras in the gym everything i think we had overtime we had ballers life or whatever in the gym as well and um uh i ended up starting the game because because it was like you know like it was like the second week out there and coaches are trying to figure out the lineup see who works well together who doesn't work well together and you know i'm on the court and I'm, I'm at 45, I'm on the office in 45 and the ball's getting him back from the, the opposite side of the court. And I'm hearing people calling me Aladdin. I'm hearing people calling me like, you know, like other words, like, I don't even want, like, I, I don't want I don't want to make this like rated R or anything, but you know yeah. what I mean? It, it was definitely like, it was tough. Cause like right now I got thick skin. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be phased at all. But at the time I was 16, right? So I'm young at that time. I'm like, damn, I left everything back home, my comfort zone, my everything. And I'm out here and I'm having to deal with stuff like this. Right. So it was definitely wasn't easy. I had one of my assistant coaches who always used to throw jabs at me, you know, like, oh, we got a flight next week, guys. But, oh, Ali might get held up at, at TSA. Right. Like and like, I know that was funny, but like just the stuff that I was dealing with at the time with everything piling up, it was definitely wasn't the easiest thing for sure. But, you know, no, it, it made me, definitely made me have thick skin for sure. I'm not trying to laugh at your pain. I'm just saying, like, I, I hear similar stuff too. Like before, before yesterday, I had a nice bigger beard. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm Egyptian as well. So I know. I know that you got you have a triumph moment over there where you had that and then you shot some people up. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, my triumph moment was when actually when I scored like twenty five points against Julie Newman uh, when hmm. he when he came to our school. Like Julie Newman, was, he's a little guy, yeah, overtime guy. He's a little guy. I'm not gonna lie, it's the hype was what the big thing was yeah. about it. it. Was like, and I didn't even guard him. I actually guarded Emmanuel Sawi. Like that guy. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Emmanuel, man. That guy's sick. But you know they're coming into our gym. Over, uh, he, he, I think the, uh, the Newman Newman's family show or whatever was going. I don't know what the hell it's called, but. They were in the gym, you know, they were filming. There was yeah. dumb hype and I ended up going off. Like if you go onto my Instagram, you can even check it out. My, uh, I have uh, the overtime mix they posted there, but like that was kind of like my triumph moment. You know, I was like, you know, I'm out here. This is this is where it pays up, paid off. You know, I had a big game. I, 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 all the sports media outlets like Greenlight, all these people were posting me in, in, in Florida. So that's where I was like, you know, like screw everything that's going on. Like, let's just yeah. let's just keep with it. That's just hoop. Yeah, dude, no. I mean, I, I try not to talk bad about anybody on my pod, but like that Newman family pisses me off. Maybe because oh, yeah. I maybe because I rock with big ballers, but like <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not gonna say too much because like I do I do know them. I do know them, but I yeah. don't but those are those that's my they're cool for sure. They're cool? They're cool, yeah, they're cool, bro. I, I should I should backpedal on my hate. I don't I shouldn't enjoy <laughs> Newman. No, nah, bro, no. Nah. No, no, no. I ain't even gonna get into all that. <laughs> come on, come on. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, he seems small on tape, so I'm assuming he's a little small. Oh, yeah, no, I, no, definitely. Like, <laughs> I, I actually got a technical, um, uh, like, I think his dad was, like, chirping me, bro, like, on the dumbest shit, you know? 
like I was I was uh my bad I don't want Pierce on here but I was I was on the okay. office and his dad's just chirping me chirping me chirping me and I turned around and I was like sit down Igor you know <laughs> right and I got, I got technical I was like bro what the heck you know but it was they definitely like to talk a lot though I, I know that for yeah. sure. I mean if they're if they're gonna hype it up for the camera for their show they have to be oh, accepting yeah. of it coming back you know what I mean oh, yeah. like you gotta take L's for sure for sure but yo oh, crazy thing is I, like I don't know I don't know if I'm about to expose some people right now or not but like, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. I'm about to expose <laughs> the shit out of some people. It's turned into drama alert, bro. But um, when we were when we were out there, like everyone who watches uh, uh, their show, you know, at the end of every game, they'll be like, "Oh, Julian, 40 points, 12 assists. Oh, Julian, 30 points, six assists." And like, damn, like the kid's going off. Even though they're taking L's on L's, the kid's going off, right? He comes to play us, and I promise, like, I'm not even exaggerating. Now. Like, the guy had like eight points, like three assists. Like, like, like it, I would be exaggerating if I said like 10 points. And, and when I, when I went back and people are sending me the episode we're like, Oh, you're in the episode, you're playing Julian, this, that. And I, at the end of the episode, it says Julian Newman, 32 points. And I'm like, what, what? I'm like, there's no way that there's yeah, 32 points, you know, but that, that kind of let people know, that, that should let a lot of people know that, you know, the, the, a lot of the times the social media stuff is kind of bougie. So be careful. I mean, I, I think little guys could score. I mean, people have done it in a league, but yeah. I'm like, Cause I, I used to watch that stuff too. Like I didn't watch the show, but I used to like overtime wouldn't let it like go. And every time it's Julian Newman does this, Julian Newman does that. I'm like, there's gotta be guys at that level that he's playing at that are locking him up sometimes. There's no way it's always. Oh yeah, no, for sure, bro. Like for sure. Like our team, I think I was the shortest and I was like six, three, you know, was a yeah. was like six, seven Tomasi, like Gilgis Alexander. I think he's like six, six Dontavious King. Who's at the Charleston, like six, six, two. So we had a huge lineup back then. So. Yeah. I, I did a little bit of research uh, prior to the pod. I just wanted to see how many Pakistani players play at the next level. I don't know if my numbers are screwed if they're like taking people right from Pakistan. But like when I when I looked it up, it's like there's two in Division One and there's none in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I don't know how accurate those numbers are, but I'm assuming it's probably is low. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Who, who did you look up to going through all this? Like, did you have to? identify with other people's because maybe there wasn't a whole lot that you could grasp on from like you know from your where you're from yeah um honestly like for me it was it was um i don't even think there's it's funny how you said two i don't even think there's two right now i actually only know one and mm-hmm. uh, he plays at lmu right now uh okay. he's my guy but uh, uh honestly other than that i feel like even me being here in oua i think i'm the first pakistani oua basketball player mm-hmm. in the history right so it's like it's definitely like the culture is it's it's waking up now you know it's like starting to come about now but in terms of who i looked up to honestly like there was never like an an embodiment of somebody that i like attached myself to and be like you know like this is what that's why i felt like it was always so hard you know like i didn't have that blueprint you know that a lot of people do have they're like okay you know this so and so did this this way or so and so did this this way. I just honestly, um, Bikram Jeet Gill, he plays uh, over in Japan. He's from Brampton. He kind of, he's kind of like my big bro. So you know, anytime I gotta ask him something, I shoot him a text. But my mentor, I'll say for sure, is George Aramide. He was my coach from like ninth grade, even up until now. He's kind of like my my right hand guy. So he was definitely, he was definitely in my corner throughout everything. So he's kind of the person I want to say I look up to in terms of like getting through all this whole process. Yeah. No, I. I struggle with that too. I don't know. Like, are you supposed to? I, I just, I just don't want it's like for other people, you know, like yeah. you and I, like we, we don't, like there's no Egyptians in the NBA. I mean, yeah. I think there's some Arabs in the NBA, but I don't think they're 
Egyptian. Egyptian. I think yeah. there was. Uh, I think uh, Nader, Nader, and his Cantor, even Turkish. I think yeah. he's Turkish. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Something. Uh, uh, yeah. And this. No. 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 Nader. Yeah. As well. Uh, yeah. We got a lot of Muslims, but you know, not a lot of people of like you know Middle Eastern or or, or exactly. You know, so I wonder if that like makes you almost like allows you to watch the game almost holistically at that point. Maybe like I feel like if like for soccer, right? Like we were talking about earlier, like I watched this a lot. Like I just like if I was if I was yeah. still in soccer, if I was growing up now and Salah was the guy, I'd probably just model my game after him 100% and like yeah, 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 be yeah. almost oblivious to the rest of the sport. So I wonder if you think it's a I mean, there's definitely positive and negatives. What do you think of that dynamic of not really having someone to latch onto like that? Um honestly it just makes you look a lot more within bro you know what i mean like it's like you look at everything around you and it's like okay i can't i can't relate so much with like so and so and i can't you know i can't be like okay this is my person but obviously to me it's like i don't that 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 like sense of identity for me i was never there so i never even like looked into it anymore i still latch on to players like obviously like devin Booker, like is my guy for sure like i look at him in all aspects of the game you know because uh i want to model myself after him but you know, other than that, like that aspect of it, like I can't really talk much on because I never had it. You know, I never really right. had that opportunity to be like, okay, like you said, if you got Salah, you just be like, oh, screw everything else. I'm this is my guy. I'm everything he does. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna do it like him. There's a lot of basketball players have that. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. and and it's like for me, I never really had that. So I have to look within and be like, how can I better myself to be like so and so, right? Yeah, like I wonder if everyone's just gonna like, like Curry's obviously like a huge role model for a lot, a lot of kids because he's like a great shooter and that's probably something that you can work on to be competitive at but it's like if you're just focusing on curry you're not learning from dame or you're not learning from joker you're not learning from so yeah interesting so um yeah, i got two questions on top of mind we're gonna go with george Harris right now how was your experience playing in the grind so after you leave jackson <clears throat> going back to uh George, am I getting that timeline right? Jacksonville then to George Harris? Yeah, I played I played in the grind in Jacksonville as well though. Both teams were okay. in the grind. Both teams were in the grind. So my first year was with uh, Potter's house in the grind and, and that was that was like a wake up for me for okay. sure. Like, coming from like a regular um uh PO basketball to going down there, it was it was it was like a really big wake up. That's where I had to actually learn to start finishing above the rim. Cause me going out there, like it was a rude awakening especially not even in games like practices I was getting my I was getting my I was getting my stuff blocked off the backboard like religiously you know I was like okay you know I can't go up soft anymore and that just kind of changed my game as well like now it's like no matter what it is even if it's an open lane you finish it above the rim every time just to put it in the rim right but yeah. now nah, that was that first year in the grind definitely set me up because I was I was younger at uh at Potter's house so I was I was you know I was learning from everyone around me just seeping in everything you know they had a lot more experience but then when i got to george harris it was it was more of like you know a veteran role to come in and be like okay you know i've been, I've been here before you know i've done this before this is what it takes and we got to all buy in and you know and, and the best thing about it was that we did we did all buy in so it was a great it was a great it was a great time there so uh, that's super interesting then because that means you had you played on both sides of the border but in the same league so same. how does the american prep system prepare differently than the Canadian preps. Did you see anything? I mean, it's just only two schools, so you can't really make a whole sweeping statement about it, but how did they train you differently in the States versus how they trained you up in Canada? Um, so for me, it was actually a little different because I was a little more in my comfort zone when I was up here because mm -hmm. George Harris, even though they're in the grind, even though we do play the best competition, it's only like, I want to say it's 10 minutes away from where my parents live. 
right so like that it's definitely not comparable because when i was down south it was like like 8 a.m lifts right then you got then you got like you come back home then you got to go to class from like nine to two right then you come back as a team then you got to shoot around from like two to three right then you come back and you, know, you, you can go to rehab you can do what you want because then you got a game at like six so you pretty much your entire day is just basketball 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 mm-hmm. right like that's it over here if you kind of switch it around it's more so like it was it was a little more it was a lot more comfort i want to say but it wasn't like unhealthy comfort it was like it was good comfort i was i was able to be around family more family was able to come out to games a lot more you know there was it was it was it was a little different but in terms of intensity i'm gonna say uh, other side of the border for sure like that's where that's where i kind of grew a lot more as a player respect okay um so you you grew up in alberta i guess most of your formative years you're in alberta what kind of perception does alberta and like the western part of canada have on us in ontario and would you take any of it back now that you actually live here yeah um bro i'm gonna be i'm gonna be honest uh i I, wait are you asking what what the what the interpretation of ontario is to albertans or what the interpretation of alberta ontarians no 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 no. i i know how i feel about alberta (laughs) i'm i'm assuming that they feel a way about us too. So how yeah. do they feel about us at that? Um, honestly, like I, I think everyone knows it, man. Like I don't, I don't think I think it's Drake who kind of really just set the narrative of what Toronto is, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's on like a national spectrum now. Like and, and it's crazy that I'm giving all the credit to one guy, but let's be honest, like it kind of is Drake oh, yeah. that, that put Toronto on the map like that. So back in the day, coming when I, when I was told that, like I, I I was actually only told like a month in advance. Okay, yeah, we're packing our stuff up. We're going to Toronto. So I'm like, yeah. okay, I'm not, it's 11 years of my life here. I got to go there. So immediately right off the back, I was like, yeah, like, I don't want to go. I'm not going to go. That's crap. It's going to ruin my life. It's going to do this. It's going to do that. But the perception of Ontario is always the big city. You know what I mean? It's always like you go there, there's more opportunity. There's more this. And, and the crazy thing is when I came out here, that was true. You know, it's a lot more yeah. fast paced. Like Calgary in size isn't comparative at all to like the GTA. So, you know, you can get from one place to another place a lot quicker. And honestly, Ontario, like in terms of living, like now that I've been here, lived here, mm-hmm. I would I love Calgary. Shout out YY, uh, YYC, but like I would never go back, man. I would, never, <laughs> I would honestly like I would never go back. It's just it's so close, so small. You know what I mean? Not a lot of stuff to do. Opportunity there is limited. Like the Edge School is probably the only school out there that really has that connection to like you play Canada and stuff like that. So you know it's every it's a lot harder to make it out from there. I'll say than to come out to Ontario. You grab anything from Alberta that helps you when you're out here? That, oh, yeah. that you see something differently in yourself that you can probably attribute to Alberta that oh yeah no, wouldn't have got here for sure, for sure like being from being from um a smaller city it's like mm-hmm. um you kind of learn to stay to your like conservative to yourself a lot more mm-hmm. right like keeping a smaller circle you know going about your day doing what you got to do with like those two or three friends and I realized like the the hard way coming out here like you can't be too friendly right you can't come out here and just be friends with everybody because out here it's like some people will say one thing you know be mean and something else right and it's like it, it's just the sad reality of what it is out here that's what i honestly it's a personal opinion i'm not just gonna go ahead and generalize like all of ontario like that but it's a personal opinion so for me it's coming true. here and like just being myself just staying to myself with my family small circle it honestly just helped me propel myself my career a lot more quicker than i needed to so that's where i felt like i, I kind of took away from living out so all those years out in alberta so the, the grind as a whole back to back to your prep circuit mm-hmm. H- how was that experience like what were some games that you kind of stick out to you and like what what was it just like being in the grind like that's like the premier league 
Yeah. Uh, so my first year in the grind, like our first session, man, like I, I probably wasn't even able to like put the ball on the floor. Like, mm-hmm. like I, I it, it was it was a completely different ball game. Like you're you're getting pressed up every single time you grab the ball. You're coming off of a screen. You're getting bumped. The refs aren't gonna call that because everybody there's like six, 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 seven. Right. So it's like for me coming in, I'm kind of frail at the time. I didn't have a lot of muscle on me. So I was like, you know, like this is the real deal. It was the first my first couple sessions that I was going, it was like, okay, let's figure out how this league works. Let's figure out, you know, how I can score in this league, how I could do because it wasn't as easy as before that I was doing out here. Over here coming off a screen, attack the rim and just go and lay it up. You can't lay sh- you can't lay anything up in, in the grind. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like that was definitely a wake up call. So from that moment forward, it was like you gotta you gotta get athletic, you gotta get athletic, you gotta get athletic. So after that, it was kind of just like the ball started rolling and I went from averaging like three points a game to midway through the year averaging like 15 points a game. Right. So mm-hmm. it was like it was a big jump from there. And and especially using that and just ending off the year strong. I think uh, we went to the SIAA finals, which was the other league that we were in, which is the Florida League, right? So a lot of the SIAA teams are also in the grind. So it was like a SIAA grind session crossover and uh, mm-hmm. it was like DME were in it. Oldsmar Christian was in it. Um, uh, the Rock, I don't know if you heard of The Rock, uh, but The Rock, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, like those schools were in it and, and you know, I, I finished off pretty strong on my first year in the grind, so. Uh, pre- if I talk about a premier game, um, I want to say I want to say I had a big game against Legion. Like that was about my first year. That was a really big game out there, and it was I, I can't remember what other Canadian player was on the other team, but I think we were going head to head, and he was guarding me. But I, I finished off strong, like 22-23, and scoring 22-23 in a grind game, in a game that like ends off like 67 to like 75 is a big deal, you know. So it was it was definitely like that was my premier premier game for sure. Did you ever have any long spells on the bench? Did you ever have to struggle with playing time? Um, well, playing time, I was just at the beginning of the year. Like mm-hmm. for me, it was like I had I had guys like Milan Harrison, who's now a pro, mm-hmm. like Amasi Gilders Alexander ahead of me at the beginning of the year. Right, coming in, it was like, okay, you're a combo guard, you got to work, right? right? But for me, it was never like, oh, I'm on the bench, fuck this, I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna mm-hmm. be like, I'm not gonna be motivated, I'm not gonna work. That honestly made me work harder than everyone else. You know, a lot of the guys on the team there, they were they had already been to like Hamilton Heights and all these other schools, right? So it was like they had they knew the culture, so they were kind of able to take that step back and kind of be comfortable in that environment. For me, it was like I'm out there for the first time, so for me, I don't know when to stop working, I don't know when to stop pushing myself, right? Like we're coming back from practice, I'm calling up a coach, I'm like, there's no exaggeration, I'm calling up a coach, I'm be like, all right, yo, coach, like, is it cool if you could drop me off to the gym? I want to get some more shots up. You know, so I'm mm-hmm. constantly in the gym and even that impression that I'm giving to these coaches. So like now I start getting a lot more opportunities and I actually solidified myself to start a lot a lot more games. Right. So it was that right in the beginning. But other than right. that, I don't think I really dealt with a lot of a lot of like long spells on the bench. Right. And it's not supposed to be a disrespect thing, but I think there is learning oh, opportunities no, sure. there that, that yeah, kids yeah, yeah. aren't really kind of understanding because mm-hmm. I know a lot of kids want to go to prep and be the man when it's mm-hmm. like you can get a lot of benefits from. Yeah. So what you're not playing, you know, all like all but five minutes in the game. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. There is merit to to learning the game at a good program and oh, making sure. do of your shots. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing that kids need to understand is like when you get to prep, everyone there was at one point in time the man. You know what I mean? Right. Like everybody's coming in and everybody was doing their thing wherever they were at, you know? So it's like we actually had a guy, I don't want to drop names, but he came in and he wanted to be the man there too, but he wasn't working for it. He would just, he want, he felt like he was entitled. They sent his ass home. You know what I mean? It was like, if you're not dialed in, you're not, you're not buying in the team as a whole can't perform. 
right? So it's like, it was never like, oh, I'm gonna snatch it off your plate. I'm gonna snatch it off your plate. It was like, how can we all eat at the same time and like the team win too? So that's the mentality that like a lot of kids don't grasp and I think really holds them back in that environment. Was there a lot of selfishness in in those uh, in those leagues and among those teams? Like, how do you how do you see um, guys kind of circumvent that and become more team oriented? When because like to keep it a buck, like you you're you're at prep to to make it one step further. So it's hard telling guys like no, like we need to do this, this, and this for the good of the team when he wants to do something else to get further. Mm -hmm. Now, honestly, like like I said, when we came in, we had a lot of egos on the team. Like I wasn't one of them because I was obviously like a. I, I was my first time out there. I was just grateful that I had the opportunity to be there. But there was a lot of egos on the team. Guys coming in being like, oh, I should I should be the primary ball handler. I should be, you know, getting the most looks. Because we had a lot, like the recruitment that went into that team. Like, I still think that that team was one of the best teams in, in like high school basketball. I definitely do believe that to this day. And, but the thing was, until we all bought, until we all bought in, it wasn't working because everybody was just so many egos clashing, so many people going head to head. Like, no, like I want that spot, I want that spot. And like our team and with our talent we, in the beginning of the season, we were dropping easy games. You know, we were dropping games that should have been won. You know, and it was like that's where we all kind of came together. We didn't even have a, a coaches meeting. All players, all of our players, like we can't. We all used to live together in apartments. We all came together. And we're like, yo how are we going to go about this? How are we going to do this? And it was just like a moment of, all right, you know, let's everybody buy in to this culture. And that's where everything started clicking, you know? So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I guess not a lot of people are going to get recruited from a five and 25 team either. So oh, at yeah. some point you got to, you got to put it behind you. <laughs> behind you. No, for sure. We had no choice though. We had no, like the craziest thing was like, um, beginning of the season, like we had like, uh, Michigan, Georgetown, um, LSU, all these schools come in, um, uh, to come recruit, right? And we're all going back, back and forth, and and it got to a point where we actually like Team White and uh, Team Black actually ended up brawling, like we fought each other, like mm. like like fists were thrown, and we're we're teammates, right? It was like shirts and no shirts, and it was we had big name coaches in in in, in the stands, and that's when like we that's also another moment where we all were like, okay, like what are we really doing? Like we supposed to be brothers? Like we out here painting a bad image for all of us. For all of us around us like all these coaches that were just in the gym they're probably going back to their programs like all right you know these are these guys don't they don't got their shit together right so like that's definitely something for sure. yeah I, i've been uh I, I have no firsthand experience of this but i've been watching watching a lot of last chance you and uh just seeing how that sort of area works so like when you have people at practices and games and stuff like that it baffles my mind that they can act anything less than professional mm -hmm. during like you know like the dude that wants to give you a scholarship is right there why are you throwing punches why are you throwing how punches do you, how do you how do you get to that point and how would you rally like away from that or does it just yeah. it just kind of sticks um i i actually i actually had a little bit of a problem with somebody on the team who was a uh, mm -hmm. starting point guard and it was always like mm -hmm. it was always like I, I it was always like i'm showing out and he felt that like i'm not supposed to or i don't know i'm not i'm not gonna go out and like, say whatever whatever but it was always like it was always egos i'll say like i started developing an ego too because everyone around me had an ego and i was a kid and i was like oh like this is how this shit works for me i'm like this is how it works you gotta be selfish you gotta this is how you get your own out here and it's honestly not like that me coming out to a different program i learned that but at the time it was like egos and we all let our egos get in the way like it was it wasn't even like one punch was thrown and it wasn't like oh let's break it up it was like oh everybody just can get involved you know what i mean yeah. let's let's just let's just make it even worse and that's when it wasn't even our coaches didn't have to get in between it that's why i love what we did as a squad at the time because even after that like like i i think i almost i like almost lost, i think i lost a tooth 
right? And it was like, I should have been pissed, but it was like, you know what? We're all here for our future. You know what I mean? We're all here to do something. We got some of the best talent in the country on this team right now. You know what I mean? We got to come together and be like, let's do this. Because it wasn't like a team that had been together for two, three, four years. It was a team that kind of came together for that year and it was only that year, right? Mm -hmm. And it was, and like, that was our big year. So it was, it was great that we were able to pick up on that early and everybody buy in. Because the guy that I had a problem with, we squashed it right after. And that was early on in the season. So after that, you know, that's my guy. I love him to this day. You know, so it's just like it's, it was all about actually just picking up and, and, and buying in. So that's something I definitely push forward. So is it just something that people just don't really consider? Like when there are people watching, these things happen. It's just like heat oh. of the moment. I don't know. Like, I'm not going to lie. I didn't. I, I know how important it is. Like, mm -hmm. I, I would have never done that. I, I, and I didn't. I was in a moment of like, oh, I'm, I'm going to fight you. It was like, yeah. like, oh, shit, you just punched me. Like, my my macho-ness, my manliness, my 16-year-old yeah. macho-ness. I got to <laughs> step up. You know what I mean? Like, I got I to gotta fend for myself. And look back at it, it would have been a lot better decision to just walk away from that. Like, just mm -hmm. be like, okay, you know, let me just step away. You know, but it wasn't even like that. It was like, everybody just came together. It was a mess, you know, but like it, it's it's just it's just a matter of like understanding man like what opportunities you have like i i knew that where i was it was a blessing you know what i mean and i know how much i needed to value that right and it was like that's that's why i, I never i never chose to partake in certain things i never chose to do this that and the third i never chose to you know break our our curfews you know for me it was always like like just stay stay straight to the t so it's all about your mindset you don't got a right mindset you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to you know heap all of the advantages of your situation yeah before we before we escape the the prep circuit i want to ask you about a dude that you call a little bro enoch i'm not going to try to say his last name i, I mess it up every time <laughs> yeah boyaki enoch boyaki boyaki <laughs> yeah. yeah uh tell, tell me about the kid tell me about um what he's like and what's it like uh playing with him what's his future you think look like and um, let's give some flowers honestly uh enoch enoch man he's been he's been my little bro from time uh, we, all, we all grew up in, in the same neighborhood. So at the time that I was kind of like shining out and like really coming into my element, he was still a youngster. So like he kind of would look up to me. And at the time, like nobody really knew, you know, what he was capable of. You know, he was 6'2 and he was like a great eighter. So, you know, that was kind of his thing. 6'2 and a great eighter, right? He, he was raw talent. So at the time I was like, you know what? Like I didn't think much of it, but as things started going on and we both played for G Elite as well, you know, mm -hmm. under George Aramide. So we kind of had that in common. and. And, you know, he's a great kid, man. He's, he has great values, great, great support system at home as well. You know, like he's, he, me and him see eye to eye on a lot of things, which is why when we came in on Edder, he actually, he's actually, the, he's the one who actually convinced me to come to George Harris because he was coming back from Little Rock. I think he played uh, at Southwest Christian Academy okay. and he was coming back up to play with George at George Harris. And, and he messaged me and now I'm in Edmonton at the time trying to figure out if I'm going to go back down to play for Potters or if I'm going to, or if I'm going to try to see where I'm going. And he's messaging me, he's like, oh, yo, we, we got to get you on the team. We got to get this, we got to get that. And, and, you know, I'm talking to him, I'm like, all right, you know what? Both of us have that experience of playing down South. You know, the kid's got his head on straight, even though he's like a year or two younger than me. He's so yeah. mature, man. If you ever have a conversation with Enoch, he's so mature. He got his head on straight. He knows what he wants. And I think that attests to where he's at right now. Right, so yeah. if you, anybody who asks me about Enoch, I got nothing but love always. So a lot of places label him a five star now. So there's going to be a, a lot of pressure on him, and it sounds like he'll be able to to weather that. Mm -hmm. No, for sure. The kid, the kid's been through uh, like the lows of the lows. He's he had to always have to fight. A lot of people think that oh, he's a five star now. He got that. He got that overnight. But no, mm -hmm. like I've, I've seen Enoch work. You know, what I mean, for me, when I was a senior at George Harris, I felt like I was putting in a lot more work than a lot of the younger guys. And the only person that I felt like I was either putting in the same amount of work or if not more was Enoch. 
right? And he was always in the gym. He was always putting in overtime, you know, coming in early, leaving late. You know, we had that same mindset, which is why, you know, we see so, so, so much eye to eye. He's my brother to this day, so. Mm-hmm. How much of you two uh, coming together, was any part of it, was any part of it like, let's do something in Canada? Was anything like, um, let's just do something for where we're from? Or was it kind of just like, it's just convenient, like right now that's just there, you know, kind of thing? Um, I feel like, I feel like um, for me, like coming back to Canada, I, I didn't see it that way, but for, for Enoch and myself, we had one of our coaches talk to us about it too. It was like um, being a Canadian team in the grind, that's a big responsibility on your shoulders, right? Especially like, I think, I think us in Orangeville are the only two Canadian teams that are even in the grind, right? So right. it's, it's like you have a lot of uh, you have a lot of pressure on your shoulders, right? So coming out there and it's like you're representing. So if you lose a game by like if a, if, a, if an American team loses a game by like 20, it's just gonna get forgotten. But if you lose a game by like 20, it's gonna be like oh shit, like Canadians are weak, right? And it's like that's that reputation that you gotta uphold. So when me and Enoch came together, um, and I'm not just saying it was me and Enoch, you know, shout out to guys like Nathan Charles, Sam Ebay, you know, a lot. Uh, I'm missing out some names, but everybody, they know who they are. But like that team was that team was definitely like. A great squad of a lot of guys that just came in and bought bought into the culture and, and and i feel like we although we didn't get the outcome we needed that year it was just insane growth we won a lot of games that that we shouldn't have won and and we, we did a lot of stuff that 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 i feel like was not written into our play so that, that was definitely something so recently there has been more and more prep schools uh developing in the gta specifically uh there's gonna be lots of options now for kids in high school to pick a school. Uh, how would you, what would you say some important factors are in considering schools like, like yeah, going to a school in the grind is, is good and all, but like what, what do you think is like sort of the, the meta? How, how do you balance out what to look for in a school? Um, if you're if you're looking for like a good basketball place, like a place mm-hmm. like a situation for you as an individual basketball player, like I'll always say this to any kid I talk to, any kid who's always asking me like, oh, like what should I, what should I do? I'm always telling him it's not always about the biggest name, you know, mm-hmm. like you don't gotta go to the prolific prep or you don't gotta go to that or like the you know Sierra Canyon. It's all about where you are valued as a player, where you know where you have people looking out for you, because that really at the end of the day. Is what matters. <coughs> Hold on. Mm-hmm. <coughs> My bad. Got some dry. dry ass, but no, nah, but it's not. It's, it's it's not always about the biggest school, right? Like. Me when uh me me like part of house fell into my into my lap like for me it was just it was just God's blessing to be able to go to that school and you know build myself up from there for for a lot of guys like I'm telling them like yo don't be ashamed of going to a school that's in the OCAA I mean OSBA don't be scared to go to a school that's playing American uh, Canadian prep ball because the scene in Canada right now is growing so much like and and I feel like you can can vouch for that as well like anybody who's mm-hmm. seen Canadian basketball grow with the last like five years have been insane you know what i mean all these leagues coming about all, all these players that are now in uh playing down south as well like it's insane so my biggest thing is to go to, go to a school where you as an individual have value you know have, have, right. have looking out for you because you don't want to just go to a school and become another statistic you know what i mean just somebody that was there a certain year because that at the end of the day is going to hurt you the most there is a large part of that because it's just like for for schools it's also a business Right. So the part of you talking about being valued is so important because there, there's going to be schools that reach out, but they just need to cash in a check or two as well. Oh, yeah, right. Sure. So sure. I think, yeah, I think that's that's really money, really money advice. You mm-hmm. you're now uh, committed. Have you gotten to play yet for Ryerson or how how's it going there? 
Uh, obviously, I mean, I think everybody knows what's really going on in Ontario right now. So it's not mm-hmm. like the best situation for basketball players, but um, I'm just grateful I was able to get in the gym with them earlier on mm-hmm. in this season. Like we all got to come in, you know, I got, got to kind of meet the coaching staff, got to, you know, got to see the campus a little bit from what I could, got to kind of, you know, build that little bit of, you know, base chemistry with a lot of the guys. But it wasn't really like, other than that, like we didn't get to go up and down the court as much. We didn't get to mm-hmm. do a lot of contact stuff. And it, that all that all honestly ended in like, I want to say October as well. So I haven't been with them right. since October. So. How about the calculus to get into Ryerson? What was it like after completing your prep circuit, uh, finishing out high school and now sitting down and picking the school? Mm-hmm. For me, um, I'm going to be honest, like before, um, I kind of knew anything. It was always like, okay, you got to know. So you got these school, you got like XYZ school recruiting you, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, where, 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 where do you want to put your focus, right? Mm-hmm. And it was for me, it was like, I, I wanted to have an option north of the border, and I wanted to have an option south of the border. So I had my school set for south of the border, but um, Ryerson actually, I hadn't had the conversation, like confirmation of recruitment yet at the time. So it was mm-hmm. like, okay, you know, like they they like me, they're working with me, they, this that that, but they, you know, like the they have they've been having a lot of coaching staff changes. Mm-hmm. Um, they, we had they had Roy Rana, then uh, I think um, damn I don't want to mess up the name, but there was a second coach after that, and now we got Dave mm-hmm. Diego. So there's been a lot of like switches in terms of like coaching staff. So like they were all mm-hmm. figuring that out at the time, and and I was just waiting it off because for me it was like I would love to stay, I would love to stay here in Toronto, play for Ryerson because I think we all know the culture that Ryerson's painted in Canada oh, yeah. for basketball, right? So it's like an, it, it's an amazing place to be as a basketball athlete. So um, at the time when everything's figured out, and I got the call, and I was like, you know what, like like we got a spot you know this is this is you like we we want you this is your this is your like, this is your spot yeah we feel like you can come in and make like this this and this um uh improvements on our team and like just to see that i had value there just to see that like you know these the, the coaching staff like it, it isn't just about oh if you want to come you can come it's about you know we want you here you know we want we, they're painting that picture so that and that that in my recruitment really sold it to me because not all not every school is really giving you that that personalized connection Right, that that Ryerson kind of gave me. So for me, it was a no-brainer. Yeah, that's a that's a cool approach. So you kind of in the wings, you had your two like dark horses. Like, if it's up north, I want to be here. If it's down south, it's gonna be there. And it kind of just manifested. Manifested, no, for sure, for sure. It kind of just all worked out. And uh, you know, it, it, it for me, like growing up, it was like, okay, you know, I'm in Toronto. So like, when you look at Toronto collegiate basketball, you look at like Ryerson. Like, I'm, I, like you kind of look at Ryerson and maybe like your uh, Western and, and a couple other OUA schools. But you know, it was like for me when I got that call, it was like, okay, you know, like there's no, there's no, there's no, sil- there's like all of this is silver lining. Like this is the school that you want to be at. Like that, that was like where it was like, okay, you, you kind of got your reward for doing what you're doing because Ryerson's not a regular school. Like when we came in, it's not a lot of teams will talk about like you know let's get to playoffs or let's win this game let's win that game for us it was like right off the bat how are we going to beat carlton in the finals you know what i mean it's like you got a goal and you're pushing that culture right so just to be there like even the couple months i i spent there like i felt like i grew immensely right so like i'm just grateful that i'm that i'm able to be there right now did you have the opportunity to select uh u sports over the ncaa oh yeah i did i actually did um and how did that decision come about like how do you how do you do that decision um it was it was it was it all ties back to value bro like it's mm-hmm. all about where you're valued like like i said i always tell people it's not about the biggest name school because if i 
if I chose to do that, I wouldn't be where I'm at. Like, I'll say that, mm -hmm. I'll say that like to this day, right? So it's like, um, it's all about where you're valued and like the love that I was being shown from Ryerson, like Coach Jeremy, Coach Mario, um, all these coaches, they, they were showing me a lot of love. Even Coach Dave himself like was, was kind of building that relationship with me. And I was like, okay, you know, this is where I see myself really developing into that player that I want to be for that next level. So like for me, like I said, it was a no brainer for sure. Did you value the, the glitz and glamor of D1 or NCAA in general? Like, did you have to factor that in and be like, hey, that's like a lot of people's goal. That's like the, that's where all the, I guess, where most of the hype is. We're building yeah. hype here, but it's still, yeah. it is still apples and oranges to an extent. So like, how did you mute that part of your brain? And um, I'm not gonna like, every, like if you ask any basketball player, oh, what's your goal? Well, I wanna go D1. Like that's just mm -hmm. first immediate answer. I wanna go D1, mm -hmm. go D1. And I feel like that's that senior year that I had in Canada, I was introduced to a lot of more routes. I was introduced mm -hmm. to a lot more different pathways to do a lot of more different things. So even though I did have those D1 looks, it was like, okay, it was, I'm gonna be honest, I just had the right people around me. I had the coaches around me to tell me, okay, you know, you go here, you can expect to deal with X, Y, and Z. You go here, you can you can expect to deal with X, Y, and Z. So they kind of really painted the picture for me. So, you know, right. I sat down and it was like, okay, you know, although I am coming back here, Ryerson, I, being at Ryerson, like it does gives you, it does give you a lot of the perks of playing, being playing, being at a D1 school, mm -hmm. playing at a D1 school. But I feel like I also took away a lot of those cons by going to a, a program that might not have valued me as much. Understandable, understandable. Um, what are, what are your goals for your youth sports career? Oh, bro, honestly, like I, I, I'd never sell myself short. So for me, it's like, I just, I, I want to be the best, bro. Like. I want to come out here and I definitely want to just either, you know, solidify myself first at Ryerson as who I am mm -hmm. on the team. And then, you know, I, it's not, it's nothing, it's not, it's, it's nothing individual. I want, I want to win national championships with this team. And I feel like that we definitely can. We got a great group of guys. Uh, shout out Tyler Sago, shout out uh, Malik Kennedy. We got, you know, a whole bunch of other guys on the squad as well. So we got, we got a great group of individuals and I feel like everyone is in that same mind space of buying in as well. So I feel like with the with the, the the pressure on our shoulders from previous years and the talent that we got right now, I feel like we definitely can come out and, and really leave a mark these next like couple years. So that's where yeah. I'm at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think my guy, uh, Marcus Upshaw might be there too. Oh yeah, that's my brother for sure. Yeah. Yeah, 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 shout out to Marcus, he's, uh, he's active. Oh yeah. Love that guy. Um, so what about scholastically and balancing that with pro aspirations? I'm, do you have an aspiration to go pro? Oh yeah, I do for sure, for sure. Um, that's that's what kind of why I'm grateful that I'm at Ryerson because a lot of mm -hmm. I got a lot of relationships. Jaden Frederick, he's a pro right now from Ryerson. Trevon Coco also went pro from Ryerson. Dr. Alcaldi also went pro from Ryerson. You know, Aaron Best. I can go on and on and on, and I can name mm -hmm. so many that went pro from Ryerson. Good alumni. Yeah, yeah, great right. we've got, we've got great alumni here. It's all about the culture that we also have at Ryerson as well, mm -hmm. right? It's all about honestly, like I feel like if you buy in and if you work, there's nothing really stopping you from doing the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. And the thing is, I've come so far already, being that, being like, I got so many kids hitting me up in my DMs, Pakistani kids like looking up to me, to messaging me like, oh, how'd you get your parents to let you go down south? Oh, how'd you get your parents to buy in? How'd you get your parents to this? And it's like, it's crazy to see that that's their questions, you know what I mean? And, that, and those shouldn't be those their questions. And that's why I don't want to just end it off here. I want to take it forward. And I want to be that, and I want to be that person that I never was able to kind of attach myself and latch onto for the for these kids, right? And it's like it's definitely amazing. Also, coming back to play for the national team this past year it was it was amazing as well. You know, like to to kind of go out there and and see the value and the and the, the skill set out there of the kids just without the opportunity. Like I really want to take this game and, and be able to take it back home as well. So that's where I'm at. Yeah. 
So you're the blueprint, bro. That's the goal, brother. That's the goal. That's the goal. <laughs> Said blueprint alley. That's, that's <laughs> the name now. All right. I got you. Uh, circling back to, to your Pakistani roots, you had a really cool opportunity. I heard you uh, you trained with the team. Oh, uh, yeah, team? yeah, yeah. Yeah, we did. Uh, we came together. The thing was, we actually had uh, our, our, our basketball program was dormant for about like five years. So mm -hmm. we didn't have any like representation in FIBA for like the last four or five years. And you don't know, cut funding wasn't really there. Sponsors wasn't really weren't really there. So, you know, like um, I actually got the randomest call email one day <laughs> through like somebody, and this was like December of like 2019. Yeah. They're telling me that like, oh, you know, we're we're thinking about because I, I have an uncle who's actually out there on the board of sports in uh, City of Lahore <laughs> in Pakistan. So he kind of like got me in touch, and they were telling me, oh, we're we want to start this out. We want to do this. We want to do that. So this past December, I actually went out there and. Uh, we kind of got the squad together and uh it was it was it was a lot better than i thought it would be for sure you know like i definitely i'm not gonna say i was uh the best like these guys are amazing you know they have they have insane amounts of athleticism they're like you know they're a lot better than you think that the national pakistani basketball team is but you know it's just all about kind of coming together and 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 just doing our thing at the asian games and and you know kind of kind of coming out and really solidifying ourselves on the national on a national stage yeah i was gonna ask you how you stacked up because like i know it's probably not uh the yeah. biggest basketball culture over there but you're, you're competing against grown men probably oh, yeah. them are pros. Yeah, for sure yeah 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 those guys are those guys are tough man they're they got tough skin and uh, over there like a, a couple a lot of, i, I want to say like six or seven of the guys are from the army right like they're mm -hmm. they're army men they're like navy from the navy you know like they're they definitely are like some athletic beasts right so for me it was like that's where i had to match up against obviously like i got the skill set i could shoot over a lot of these guys but you know coming, coming over there it's all about okay you know like your, it's your athleticism that really separates you in, in a grown man's game you know what i mean so mm -hmm. but that's where i was like that's where i had to really nitpick myself yeah and you already said that you have a goal to kind of change the culture a little bit surrounding pakistani basketball um do you feel that weight right now or is it just something you expect to feel later on uh, I feel I feel that way right now, bro. Like I felt that way actually, even when I went down south. Like my parents always told me, they're like just un like and and honestly, I didn't. I actually it didn't really click in until I committed to Ryerson and until my name started getting out there and until like a lot of these people started reaching out to me. Until I was like, okay, you know, it's bigger than me because I never at the time thought about it as like, oh, Zed the Pakistani basketball player. I never really like gave two cents to, to, to that. It was always you know me being a regular basketball player. And then once I actually broke that barrier of playing college basketball, being the first OUA Pakistan. Pakistani basketball player. I even had what's it, uh, City News come to my house and do a little segment on that as well, right? So it was like it was it was definitely like a wake up moment to be like, okay, you know, this is bigger than me now. This is not just me. I'm I'm actually representing a a, a whole a whole like community of people. So you know, like I got I definitely got to be on my p's and q's for the next couple of years, not only for myself but this whole mission. So, what are some uh, parting thoughts you can shed with us right now for uh, anyone maybe? Any, any Pakistani players maybe growing up right now in the scene? How um, do you persevere? Honestly, the thing is, like, like if this, is, this is a pretty easy question for me, like, because I can come right off the bat and be like, just stay true to yourself, man. Like, any, any kids that want to do this, like, don't let the outside noise become inside noise. You don't want other people's opinions and other people's, you know, uh, takes on your life to become your take on your life. Because a lot of people have a lot of stuff to say. Right. And it's like, oh, so and so is doing this. That doesn't mean that you need to be doing that. Right. Everyone has their own path in life. And it's all about staying true to your goal. Right. Like if you just stay, stay true to it and whatever you put in, you get out of it. So that's my biggest thing. Like you like you don't need that. You don't need that blueprint per se. Like I didn't have it. And I'm not saying like that's the standard, but it's all about you being are the blueprint. 
like you, <laughs> no, I appreciate that. you know it's all about staying true to yourself right like just just pushing through regardless if you have supportive parents or not like uh i know a lot of guys that, that have to fight their parents to be able to do what they love you know what i mean and it's like just straight to the true to the game and the game will straight true to you, true to you so that's what i gotta say for sure I feel that. Zed, you got a great uh, head on your shoulders there. I think you can do really well. I appreciate you taking the time, man. And we're going to be watching. And best of luck, okay? Appreciate you for having me on here, bro. Zed Blueprint Alley, everybody. All right. <laughs> Talk to you guys later. Peace.